Hey, welcome to Fanboy Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast, episode 39. comics that come out one of us will write a review of what we thought was the best book of the week on our site fanboystrikeback.com and then we'll come here and we'll talk about that best book some of the other books that came out um this was a huge week for us because the emerald city comic con was uh this week in seattle so we're going to talk a lot about that uh, some of the highs and some of the lows but um this is a comic podcast so eric uh what did you think was the best book that came out this week uh, there was a lot of good books that came out. Um, I know we've been kind of on a secret invasion kick, and so I wanted to stay away from that, even though well, there's some there's some good and bad. Uh, I went with House of Mystery number one by Vertigo, uh, written by Matthew Sturgis and Bill Willingham. And I this was weird, but I like yeah, it was right, weird. it was right up my alley. Uh, House of Mystery was an is an old title. Uh, believe it was kind of a, an old horror book and what it's being brought back as it's kind of an odd it's it's a mystery title but it's a it's kind of a showcase book uh because what happens is there's a there's a, a narrative that frames this the main part of the book and what that is is there's this this house and there's all these patrons that come to it and they've kind of converted it to a bar and the thing is it's kind of like hotel california they these, these patrons can come in but they can't really leave they just they stay there and what happens is they trade stories for currency or as currency to get more drinks or whatever and so the the idea behind this book is that uh each week or each month will be treated to a story of one of the patrons which would be the, the middle portion of the book and uh while the main, while the main narrative will be about five different people in the bar and them trying to deal with being stuck in this place uh the central the central portions of it are written by bill willingham and each month they'll be illustrated by a different artist so is this an ongoing uh yeah okay so it was it was really interesting so once i kind of wrapped my head around the premise um i was i'll admit i was a little lost at first but uh i kind of got into it the art uh the main art by i'm looking for it now uh I'm going to butcher this, uh, Luca Rossi or Lu- Lucia Rossi. Um, I really enjoyed that. Actually, it was very reminiscent of uh, Dustin Gwynn, who's uh, drawing Detective Comics right now. So it, to me, it felt very much like that, just the way the uh, – it's not quite as angular, but just the way the, the faces are shadowed and everything like that. And there's all these really bizarre characters in this bar, which I – you know, it's kind of like the Star Wars Cantina thing. I, I really dug that. And then we got treated to one of the people in the bar was actually getting to leave. And we find out, like, every so often one person does get to leave somehow. And she was taken away by this really odd, like, horse and carriage drawn coachman. It kind of, kind of freaky guy. Uh, 
meanwhile, another one of the narratives is this one girl who keeps dreaming about the house. And in the end, she's chased by two kind of ghoulish people into the house, and she realizes that, like, she was meant to be there. So that's kind of that, – that's just kind of starting. So I'm, I'm interested in that portion of the book, but there, there's too little of it in here to really tell whether or not it's going to be good. The middle portion was just damn bizarre. Like, one, there's this one girl who – uh, is brand new to the bar and she's talk, talking about how she came to be there and she talks about basically how she went to this little small town and, and fell in love with this one guy and, and they got married and had kids and everything like that and that doesn't sound so weird until you you, know, you see the way it's drawn everybody in the town, it's a really creepy town and everyone in it are giant flies and she doesn't no. like, she doesn't even notice it, yeah there's about the most and so it shows she's and she's a human she's normal she, she's a human she's a she's this very attractive like young little goldilocks girl and the way they draw are just big blue eyes and everything like that and then and then you get treated to like a sex scene Ew. with a fly it's weird it is yeah it's disturbing like i said um and then she I, I, yeah i don't even want to explain it all the way because if anyone's interested in going out and buying this it why would anyone be interested in going out and buying this now? Well, it's it's weird. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it's, like, one thing I can take from this is, like, I did not know what the next page was going to show me, or was where it was going to take me, because one second I'm in that story, and then that ends, and I'm following the girl being chased by these two, like, ghosts uh, down this road, um, and then the next page I'm in the bar. This book was all over the place, but I enjoyed that. Like, I had no idea what to expect, and at the end of it, it kind of wrapped up like put all the characters in one place. Uh, it was a good first issue because it got my attention. It was bizarre, but at the same time, it was entertaining. So, uh, you know, it's it's a Vertigo title. It's House of Mystery. Like, there's going to be some weird shit going yeah, on in that it. That sounds weird. So, you know, that's that's Bill Willingham, writer of Fables. Uh, he did Robin for a while and some other stuff. Uh, but. You know, he's, he's got a, a taste for the odd and the bizarre, so that, that central portion, I imagine, is always going to have a little little oddity to it, or quite a bit of oddity. But I, I enjoyed it, just for the sheer fact that I was just taken for a ride. I had no idea. It's kind of like, the best way I could describe this is like going on like the haunted house tour at Disneyland for the first time. Like, it's creepy, it's a little scary, and you have no idea what's coming around the next corner. There aren't flies having sex with women on the haunted house tour in Disneyland. Well, like it's like an adult ride. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. I don't think I'll be picking that up, well, but no, it sounds I don't think it's it, it's your taste, but uh no. That that was the 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 over the top extreme portion of it, but after reading uh after finishing uh Zombie XXX Zombies last week, like this was this was Welcome Park compared to how odd <laughs> that was. So, uh, yeah, it was good. So, um, Young X Men number two came out this week, and Scott Summers really likes the whole killing thing, and it, and it continues. So, the X Men are officially disbanded, but for some reason, he's recruiting these five new X Men to take out the New Brotherhood, which. Apparently, is the original New Mutants, and in this issue, he sends the, this new team basically to kill Danielle Moonstar, who is um, Mirage, and um, 
Who's the other girl? Um, Magma. So, and it's 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 actually cool because Rockside, who is one of the young X Men, you know, he kind of talks to Scott. And he's like, and he's he's a little bit shy about it, but he's like, you know, about the whole killing thing. Um, we were told, and we believe that X Men don't really do that. And Scott's kind of like, well, that was before M-Day and the baby and the Messiah, blah, blah, blah. So this is the new status quo. I don't know. I mean... It would make a lot of sense if uh, Scott Summers was a scroll because basically he's eliminating... But, <laughs> but aren't scrolls supposed to not act scrolly? I mean, the whole thing is that scrolls are supposed well, to be acting like the heroes. Well, at this point, I think they can kind of... They have their... their their plans in place, their machinations, you know, they're, they're, they could, they could act normal, but also put plans, you know, forward. They could, they could follow through basically. And if this is him, if this is someone in his place following through to kind of like the, the mutants are dwindling as is, and he's sending out more mutants to kill mutants. Like it seems like, and, and this is with X-Force too, is it just, it, it seems odd. Like if you, Especially after the endangered species storyline, where like it's made very clear that mutants are dwindling, and so now he's sending out task task force to kill uh, Two, some, yeah. some of the remaining mutants. I mean, it, that's just odd to me. That's, yeah, it's this is either going to be part of the plan and it's going to work out, or they're really going to ruin Scott Summers' character because I mean, this has now become the the new, like, you know, the new status for Scott, because he's written the same in every book. I mean, Uncanny, Young X-Men, X-Force, he he's all about killing. Um, there was kind of a twist in this book. Um, there's an, a, a mutant named Ink, who has the power to, if he gets a tattoo, then he has the powers of that tattoo, which I think is like the lamest power that I've ever seen or heard of. But they're kind of alluding to the fact that not everyone on the team is a mutant and he's paired up with blindfold at the very end and he actually sneaks up on her and he knocks her out so he may not be a mutant he may not be part of the team i don't know at this point i'm not all that interested i'll keep buying it I, apparently they're supposed to be this book is supposed to not be what it seems and so it might have a payoff in the end but right now it's just kind of like I don't understand what's going on. Because this is coming out of New X-Men, and New X-Men is so good. Hmm. So we'll wait and see. All right. Uh, I'm going to continue on my, my weird book kick. Because no. I, I picked up... I, there was a lot of, like, number one issues. There was a lot of kind of new stuff out on the racks last week. And uh, I had a little little extra money in my pocket, so I figured I'll try it out. And I picked up Wolf and Batsy, number one, by Viper Comics. Uh, it's written and illustrated by Brian Bow or Ball. And what this is, it's the story. It's an independent book. It's the story of uh, like a 20-something vampire Elvira-type girl and her boyfriend who is a werewolf. And basically we find out like they're, they're kind of on the run and they're in some European town. But at the same time, like they have to, they have to keep a very low profile, and it's it's part seeming comedy and it's kind of part mystery as well. Um, just just them trying to deal with like normal lives and like she's she can only come out at night, of course, because she's kind of a vampire witch type thing. And then he has to kind of 
he he has to be careful about you know going out and killing and eating goats at night because you know he doesn't want to go out and kill humans. Uh, what's funny is they end up he ends up going into town for a beer because he can't sleep. So uh, we we get treated to this whole cast of like European style villagers from it's almost like straight out of like Young Frankenstein or or a Simpsons thing where they kind of once they get clued in on like there's a werewolf they're like get your pitchforks get your torches and it's like. It's the total mob mentality, and they're totally written in a comedic fashion to, to be that way. And it was actually something that made me laugh out loud, so I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed the uh, the artistry of it. It's not quite – it's like a overly stylized animation, but it's it's not incredibly detailed or anything like that. But I just like the looks of the characters, like the the werewolf guy is kind of – he's kind of, you know, cool looking, but at the same time he's got this unibrow. He's really hairy, like kind of – Robin Williams-esque, because he's a wolf. Um, and then the design for the girl is, is very Elvira, which was kind of cool. Uh, it was just fun. Like, it was it was a fun book where we get treated to a, a very old-fashioned... It reminded me a lot of Young Frankenstein, because it was very tongue-in-cheek humor while dealing with putting characters in this setting. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not... A, a lot of stores probably didn't get this, because it is a... It's... Uh, an independent book. It's, I, I don't know if it's a limited run or not. It doesn't say. Um, but if you can find it, check it out. It's it's definitely worth just a fun little read. Um, and I know he's got a webpage on the internet, too, because I, I checked out the artist. But his name is uh, Brian Bao, B-A-U-G-H. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we, we can't ignore Secret Invasion number two. So, Everywhere. what did you think of this? I I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I we were right. I think in the fact that everyone not everyone who came off the ship was either human or scroll. It was it was mixed. It, it seems like if if we're to believe what what we've seen in this issue, um, mm-hmm. I thought Luke Cage jumping into the fight uh, was maybe a little forced. But at the same time, like it, it got things going. I understand why it why it happened. Um, I, re- I I the the favorite part for me about reading these Marvel events is like I I came into Marvel not long before Civil War, and reading these events like I'm starting to get to know each of these characters, and like I'm starting to develop my favorite Marvel characters, much like I have my favorite DC characters. And I got to say, one of my favorite Marvel characters is Clint Barton, because he is all man. <laughs> and when he uh, when he takes the fake Hawkeye's bow and arrow, it's like, oh, like I haven't had a, a hard enough year as is. And he just starts sniping people from the trees. I was yeah, like, that, he takes out everyone. That was awesome. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I don't know if maybe it, this might be me, but it seems like Wolverine's coming on a bit strong in this book, just like the mentality of kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just how he is and, it seems like some books he's written a little bit more passive, and in some books he's written just overly aggressive. And I don't—you yeah. know better than I do if that's him or not. There's always different. I mean, in terms of this team, Logan is kind of like that's the stereotypical character that they want him to be. You know, he's the wild card on this team, the anything goes guy. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like it's going to be a little bit more forced than when you see him in X-Men, but I, I've come to, like, realize, like, I expect that, so it doesn't really bother me, but I definitely can see, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but just the fact that like when Hawkeye comes out and interrogates uh, his his wife, who he thought died, when she talks about the miscarriage that she had, and you know he's he's like, "You died," and she's like, "No, I didn't." Uh, <clears throat> it was it was spectacular. But then also like she talks about how the Captain America that was on the was on the ship was the real Captain America because he's the one that brought him there. And also there was a scene where Clint's taking shots at everyone and he's like, you know, Cap died, you son of a bitch. And he shoots him and Cap blocks the, the arrow. And he's like, maybe it is him. You know, it, mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure it's not, but it, it, it just sows that little seed in your, you know, that, that bit in your mind where you're, you're, you question it. And I like mm-hmm. that. Um, I wish we'd gotten a little bit more coverage. Like the the whole issue is almost is basically the fight between the Avengers, right. and I wish there was a little bit more story development because at the end we see that the scrolls attack New York, and basically it's it's a bunch of different super scrolls with various abilities of several different heroes. Like we have a complete X Men scroll. Yeah, we have this Fantastic Four. Fantastic. We have the Illuminati scroll. Yeah, Captain um, America. Yeah. So yeah, shit's shit's gonna go down. But I just wish like it seems like we spent way too much time on the fight. Uh, if it could have been done in half those pages, I, and... yeah. But I mean, you know, you know, there's gonna be a couple issues that are gonna be all action. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know, and I just prefer the ones where a little bit more happens. But it, there was a lot of good scenes in that book. I really enjoyed it. I think the best thing that happened in this book was Ares. Because the whole time when they're when they're discussing everything, Ares just takes command. He's like, "Everyone needs to go back. I'm the god of war. This is a trap. This is not where we're supposed to be." And no one listens to him, and he keeps on throwing it out there. And it's cool because you see that like being the god of war, it's like a game of chess, and like Ares knows exactly what's going on. He may not know what's going on behind the scenes, but he knows like the situation he's in. And what's going on. And, like, I always thought that was a really cool dynamic. Because, you know, sometimes you forget that he's the actual god of war. And so he knows this stuff. Yeah, see, I I didn't think about it that way. What I thought was, like, oh, he's trying to lead him away and let everyone who came off that ship go. Oh, he's a scroll. Like, but, you know, uh, you said makes more sense. But, but, yeah, I Um, I totally thought, like, oh, he's trying to lead him away so everyone else can can get out of the way. Well, yeah, because if you look at it the very last page they're screwed because all these scrolls are in Manhattan and there's no heroes there. Yeah. I mean, there's the Young Avengers and that's pretty much it. I mean, the Fantastic Four are being dealt with. There's no X-Men. So it's like, who's going to stop these scrolls that are in New York right now? Yeah. No, I, I know. It makes sense. And it makes sense once you get to that last page and see that the scrolls are attacking, you know, launching their attack in a different part of the world, but, like, at, at first I just thought he was trying to let everyone else get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a plan, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tony. Tony's armor was, you know, toasted, and he's basically at a little lab in the Savage Land, and he's building a new set of armor. Do we really need another set of armor? Tony Stark. He has, come on, new new set of armor every day. But it should be interesting to see, like, what he's going to do, because... A lot of this was his fault. I mean, this whole attack was basically, you know, coordinated towards him and him alone, and then everything came down through him. Yeah. And that can't be an easy thing to deal with. No. Well, he hasn't really dealt with it yet. Like, he's going to. Right. Um, so it should be interesting to see how 
what he does in response to that. Okay. Uh, well, moving on to Mighty Avengers number 13. Uh, continuing the story of last month where, which doesn't seem like a month ago, where Nick Fury is recruiting uh, a secretive team of young heroes to kind of be his eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. And, I, again, Alex Malib's art is awesome, and I'm really enjoying it in this book. I was happily surprised to see my hometown in the first couple pages. Yeah. It's like 20 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. Well, for you. Or not anymore, yeah. I guess. Um, from our hometown, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, it was really good. I, I enjoyed most of the choices that they picked for the, the kids. It kind of made me, it kind of reminded me of like an episode of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Like kids who didn't, some some of them didn't know what their powers were, and some of them did, and some of them were trying to hide it. Like, it, it was very reminiscent of like an early episode of Heroes to me. Um. But yeah, not a whole lot of other stuff happened. Well, okay, I have a, I have a question because you read X Men books and I've stopped. Uh-huh. Yeah, Is... no, it was yeah, it's it was messed up with continuity. Okay, because I was like, well, maybe something happened in X Factor, like you brought her back or something like that. Other yeah, than that, Layla I Miller still in the future. I enjoyed her appearance in this. And... No, she was perfect. She was spot on in this. She was great when she was telling the girl that, you know, she makes it out and she becomes one of the greats, but she doesn't need Layla. Yeah. And also, how old is Layla supposed to be? Yeah, that's that's another thing, is that Layla's 13, and Alex Maliv draws her a little bit too sultry. Well, just, you know. Well, she's, in a, she's basically in short shorts and a tank top. And she's I'm just like, come on. She's in her underwear, basically, and I'm just like, yeah. Um,. You know, and I, I'll be the first one to enjoy women in their underwear, but not, not, you know, let let them age. We don't we don't need to be seeing thirteen year old girls in their underwear. Yeah, that, that was awkward. Um, okay, this I like this story a lot. It seems like it's a departure from all the kind of wham bam action that we're seeing in Secret Invasion, and we don't really need to see the Mighty Avengers in this book because they're in Secret Invasion. So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that we have a secondary storyline going on in this that's a little bit uh, more progressive yeah and this is actually because we even learned um this past weekend at comic-con that there is going to be a a nick fury book our shield book after secret evasion so obviously this is going to play into it which is cool it's it's nice to know that this just isn't going to be a temporary thing with secret evasion like this is going to go on and these are all new characters uh, which is something that you don't really see you know these days so it's yeah it's exciting yeah uh, we also got some pretty interesting news. Uh, well, I guess from this point we'll talk about the, the Emerald City Comic Con because we found out some things that they're not confirmed. Possible, possible things. Just they're just possible things that may have slipped. Uh, on Saturday, uh, we both attended a DC panel and a Marvel panel, and I guess we'll start with the Marvel panel, uh, which had Ed Brubaker. Um, oh, who else? Uh, Ed Brubaker, Scotty Young, Jeff Parker, and Robert Kirkman. Yeah, that's it. And the question was asked, uh, well, so- something along the lines of who would you want to be a scroll right. w- was asked. And, uh, again, this is not definite or anything like that. And be- they-, they were kind of joking around, and Brubaker started uh, listing a bunch of people who have already been revealed to be scrolls. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, he mentioned Quicksilver in that. Right. And, and the, there was the editor who was running it. And the editor's like, well, 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 
Yeah, she, she so stitched him on that one. She's like, what would you... Yeah, so he and stopped so real Dave quick, and, I, and then he was like, oh, I, I was joking. Yeah, Dave and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, crap. And actually, that makes it, it would make sense, because Quicksilver was behind that House of M thing. Right, and then and House of M is supposed to be linked up to what's going on in Secret Invasion, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Quicksilver did lose his powers after M-Day and everything. It would be interesting, but I don't, But Quicksilver was such a big part of the Silent War, which was part of the war within humans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. There's a new um, X-Factor miniseries that started this week with Quicksilver, but my store didn't have it, so I couldn't read it. But, um... Yeah, I mean, because Quicksilver is one of my, when we did our top five, our top five underrated characters, he was one of mine. So it would be cool to see him get some attention. But And, and also this could just be totally nothing, too. Exactly. Wanna, yeah, wanna make that very be, clear. yeah, we don't know anything. So with that, um, what you, would you think of the DC panel, David? Um, here's what, I, what I'll say about the DC panel. Like... You know, sometimes when your parents fight, and it just, even if they're not fighting out loud, you kind of know they're fighting, and it just feels uncomfortable? Yeah. That's kind of how I felt at the DC panel. (laughs) It's a good way to put it. There's a lot of people angry at DC right now. Yeah, there was, um... There was a lot of hostility in that room. Dio got up, and it was the first time Dio's been to Seattle, and that's a big deal because, you know, Seattle's becoming bigger every year. And, I'll get, we, you know, Eric and I both said, we give it to Dio because he he's up front about, like, the mistakes that DC has made. He's up front about Countdown, about One Year Later, all that stuff. And that being said, there were some hostile fans, like, just some... I mean, the first, they just did a Q&A, and, like, the first, like, five questions were just, like, daggers headed straight forward to Dio, and I don't know, like, I I don't know how I felt being at that panel. I didn't really learn anything new, anything exciting. It was just... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said on the show several times that I've been unhappy with kind of the direction that DC is going. I am really excited after... Uh, issue zero with DC Universe Zero because I am excited about all the storylines coming up and I think now that mm-hmm. we're like we're past countdown, we, we have a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. Batman RIP I'm very excited about because it reminds me of the death of Superman like event. And you know, I, I know Bruce Wayne whether or not he goes away or doesn't, he'll he'll be back eventually. And I think it's gonna be a really well it's going to be a good story from start to finish. Like there's going to be some ups and downs, but it's going to, I think the whole thing will be a really good story. Uh, Blackest Night. I'm very excited about yeah. the Wonder Woman story. There, even some of the secondary stories, like I'm very interested in. Um, and I think DC's turning around their momentum, but it's very apparent that I'm not the only one out there who's like watched DC over the past two years or so and has been disappointed in the way things have gone in their stories. And, yeah. it, and and we, we were kind of talking and joking about it at, at the con was, you know, I was saying, oh, I should get up there and just, you know, give it to him. But at the same time, like the first, like David said, the first five or six or seven people did the same thing. And some of them were pretty baseless, actually. Like they didn't, there was no constructive criticism. Right. And it really like pissed off for the sake of being pissed yeah, off. Yeah, it was, it was an unfortunate display of like the typical comic 
kind of, uh, I don't know, like comic book guy on The Simpsons. Um, exactly, yeah. Very much that attitude. And it was very unfortunate that they had to keep just playing defense the whole time. And and at that point, like, you know, I, I have gripes about DC, but I, I am very excited. It seems like they're turning their momentum around, and it seems like they have a lot of good ideas coming up in the future. But it seems like, uh, you know, they're, they're just going to have to kind of recover. And I think people aren't going to give them a fair shot until they have to come out and prove themselves again. With- yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, what you just said is that I think early on the tone of the DC panel became defensive. And it didn't. That tone never went away. Yeah, and and that's unfortunate. And it's kind of like, and you know, Eric and I have had our fair share of problems with Marvel and DC, and probably more DC lately. And we've we've been vocal about that. But there comes to a point where, you know, if you're at a DC panel, like we could easily go up there and ask these questions, but these questions aren't going to help anything. Like going up there and bitching, and complaining, that's not gonna that's not gonna make anything okay. And yeah. If you want to do that to Dio, you know, that's fine. Just grab him after the panel. Because, like, that, honestly, that ruined the panel for everyone. Yeah, you know, they have, you have to understand that going up and asking a question at a panel, like, why, why won't so-and-so who's not even at this panel write this character this way? Like, right. literally questions like that. And it's like, well, and, and they sit up there, they're like, well, what do, you, what do you want us to do? Like, you know, you're addressing someone who isn't even here, and, you know, what, what do you want? You know, if you if you don't like it now, wait for the next writer or, or what. But you know, you, you it's not like Dio is just going to start firing people and, and hiring people at a panel just to make you know fans happy. Yeah, uh, there's just a lot of pointless questions. And it, just, it was very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it yeah it was, and it, 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 it sucks. It's like I said, it's like it's Dio's first time in Seattle, and I can totally see him being like, well, I'm not going to go back. Like. That was a horrible experience. That because it, it didn't prove anything, and he didn't like nothing positive. Probably really came out of that. Yeah, I almost went back the next day because I wanted to see how the next panel was going to go. Um, yeah. I'd be very surprised if uh, the DC Nation posted this podcast. Uh, like, on yeah, I don't think Facebook, that that's going to happen. Something like that, because usually they do, but this uh-huh. one, was, ooh, this <laughs> this one got vicious. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little brutal. Other than that. Um, I'll go ahead and say I had a lot of fun at this con. Yeah, what do you say about the Marvel panel? Oh, I thought the Marvel panel was great. Um, that one was very laid back, and it's and you could definitely tell that uh, there was just a little bit more youthful energy. It was very much less organized, and because yeah. there was no central organization, basically it was like Kirkman and Brubaker and all them just joking around with each other. They, they would riff, basically, and someone would go up and ask a question. And they'd, they'd answer it quickly, but then they'd joke for ten minutes afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, it, it's weird guys because, sat uh, down again. Um, yeah, Scott Young was hilarious, but um, Bendis didn't show up for the con at the last moment. And so, obviously, with Secret Invasion and everything, he was supposed to be a huge part of the panel. And we went in and we're like, we're, this isn't going to be Bendis. What exactly is this going to be about? And Scotty Young, at that point, who was the artist for New X-Men, he's up there all alone. And he's just like, dude, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm just here because they told me to be here. And that's basically what the tone of that uh, panel was just like. It was just like, it was so casual and so like, okay, ask a question. And then they'll probably make fun of you for asking whatever question it was. And then they'll answer it. And then they'll joke around and then repeat. You know, it was just fun. It was just nice. And 
it was refreshing, and I just felt bad because we went to the Marvel panel right after the DC panel, and I was like, this just isn't fair. It was a yeah, it was a like a hundred and eighty degree turn as far as the atmosphere. Uh-huh. Um, but there was it was a really fun con. There was a lot of great uh, talent there that we got to meet. Uh, I got a few things signed by Greg Rucka. Um, met a lot of people. I bought some books that I'm both very excited to read and, and stuff that I've been wanting that I got for great deals. Um, mm-hmm. Took a lot of fun pictures. It, it was just a, a really, really good show, I thought. So what's the what was the best thing that you picked up at this show? That's hard to tell. I haven't, I haven't read them all yet. I read uh, some some things that I picked up at the show. I got the Death and Return of Superman Omnibus, which uh, I've been wanting for a while, and it was this this guy was basically hassling me to buy more stuff at his at his booth, and it, like all his books were like fifty percent off, and he's like, "You're not done shopping." Oh yeah, I am. Okay, okay. Well, this went on for about five minutes or so, and uh, he rang me up, and then he's like, "Okay," and then David's like, "Hey, did you see this?" And I was like, "Ooh, okay, half off, right?" And the guy just kind of <laughs> Like I don't know if he, he looked at it. And he's like, ah. Yeah, I don't know if he forgot that was out there or what, but to get an omnibus for half off was was a pretty sweet deal. That's unheard of. Um, I got the first uh, first book of Scott Pilgrim, which I'm very excited to start reading. I, I I've heard great things about that. I got uh, the Golden Age by James Robinson, which I read yesterday and was blown away by. It was it was fantastic. Um, I bought a book called Hazed, which is an image book, uh, kind of like, kind of like uh, Mean Girls, but in a comic book okay. about sorority. Oh, uh, yeah, the sorority girl. One. Yeah, which which was fun for me because my girlfriend's an old sorority girl, so uh, I I, I kind of chuckled, and I'm gonna have to ask her about a few things after that. <laughs> so, uh, and I bought the second volume of Queen and Country, which I'm excited to start reading. I bought Jinx by Bendis. Uh, there was, there's just a lot of good things that I, I, I've been wanting to read for a while, and I was able to pick them up. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was a blast. I was tired at the end of the day. Yeah, I picked up. Um, I got Absolute Long Halloween. Got Tim Sale to uh, to sign that and for lugging that around. He actually gave me a little doodle of Batman, which was really, really cool. Um, picked up some Why the Last Man trades, got some runaways. Um, without a doubt, my the best thing I purchased was I got an original page from New Avengers 25 signed by Jim Chung. That's right. Can't, oh, can't wait to get that framed. And then I also bought a couple prints from Ethan Van Skyver um, from the Snatcher Core War. Got the the one screen of uh, Hal with all the Sinestro Core rings on, which was uh, mimicking the old pose from Emerald Twilight. Yeah, it was. They're beautiful. They're. I'm pretty excited about that one. Great. Yeah, I did buy a print from Justin Gwynn, who's who we talked about earlier, does Detective Comics right now, and it's this real moody Batman piece. And yeah, I, that's a good one. I went out and I, I had that framed yesterday, and, and I've got that nice. hanging up on my wall now. And I did uh, get to buy a page of uh, from Powers by a. Uh, Omen, and he autographed it, and, and it, it, it just—it's fantastic. It's uh, Walker at a crime scene, and it's—it's it's from one of the more recent issues when he's kind of a little rundown and hair shaggy and all that kind of stuff. I'm, it doesn't—I have to get it, especially matted and stuff like that. So it's not up on my wall yet, but I just can't wait to put this thing up on the wall. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. So just being able to go and get those like art pieces was a big thrill for David and I. 
Oh yeah, that was huge. Um, uh, just to meet Jim Chung, who I gush about all the time, was great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a it was a great con. I mean, it's it's it was quite a bit bigger than last year. Yeah, um, they had to move venues. It was a lot more. It seemed like a, a lot more official this year. Yeah, it was. This was like an official convention organization. It was more put together. This is definitely something that looks like that they're going to try and uh, build up every year. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure it's going to grow and grow and grow every year. Uh, I was going to yeah, see so. uh, Will Wheaton was there. Uh, we got to see him. Daniel Logan, uh, young Boba Fett. David damn near pushed him over. I know. I felt I, I was I was walking and like there's a little kid bumps into me and I was like okay whatever. And I looked back and I was like ah that was young Boba Fett. He was kind of a celebrity, kind of not. Feel kind of bad. <laughs> you push Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm surprised that I have like hordes of fanboys just tackle me right after that. <laughs> awesome. Got him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of vendors there. Um, David kept me milling around the Suicide Girls booth. Gonna, gonna... Yeah, I had to keep on watching by <laughs> just... there and make sure Eric's out there. Shoot, shoot, get away. Yeah, I got a big crush on them Vixens, so, uh, oh, yeah, gosh. whatnot. Um, yeah, let's see. They had the costume contest, which that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know, what, what was your favorite costume? Do you remember? Um, there was a there was a guy dressed up as Guy Gardner who had his own makeshift uh, glowing ring and lantern. He was pretty good. That was pretty good. I think what I enjoyed most though was there was a, there there was a, a an older group of three and one little girl, maybe two little girls, but at least one, and they were dressed up as Link. Uh, uh-huh. the, and the adult ones, there was a Ganon and a Midna from Legend of Zelda, and I, I, I got a little, little choked up at that. I, I love that because I can There's see a people, lot of links. Yeah, there was, and I can see people coming as superheroes, but to see like little kids coming as Link, like that's something that you know I dressed up as Link, you know, on the playground way back you in the still day. Dress up as Link. Well, you know, I don't go out in public like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, it was just great to see, like, that that was living on. And I, I got a big kick out of little kids dressing up like that. So, you know, it was cute, and, and that was great. There was a really good Tim Drake costume. Um, That's true. There was a little kid who had, a, like, homemade Iron Man suit. That was pretty good. That was good. There was a zombie uh, Captain America. Yeah, that was which, really which, good. Which was really good. And, uh, it was Power, just a fun day. Power Girl was there. Power Girl was there last year. And I, yeah, again... Again, like the Suicide Girl. Eric, shoot. <laughs> gotta, gotta love Power Girl. <laughs> oh, always milling around Power Girl. Um, we David and I did set up uh, a challenge for each other, though. Uh, we we both bought each other a trade that you know one of us would would read and, and we'll discuss on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. David bought me the Young Avengers Volume 1 Sidekicks yep. uh, trade, and that's by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung. And I'm Really excited. I've been wanting to read this for a while. I'm a big fan of Jim Chung's art. Uh, I've, I've read the first couple pages, and what it what it feels like is it feels like Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, project. yeah that's pretty much that's good uh, indication of what it is. So, um, I'll be reading through. Eric got me the first trade of Batman right after one year later with uh, it was, the Return of Two-Face. Yeah, James Robinson's uh, face-to-face storyline. Which I I am not a big fan of Batman, but I love me some Two Face, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, that that storyline really epitome. It's it's like one of those pretty decent Batman runs. It wasn't just a, it's a gonna, story. Gonna Plus, gear me up for uh, 
The Dark Knight. That was kind of my my goal was to get him revved up for. for Between for Dark that Knight. and going to reread the Long Halloween, I'm gonna be all ready for the Dark Knight. You believe in Harvey Dent? I believe in Harvey Dent. I really do. Two Face breaks my heart because Harvey Dent's a good man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's some exciting stuff. So uh, we will be posting pictures from the con on our, uh, most likely on the forums. We'll, we'll have a link to the forums, and uh, there'll be a topic for that, and I'm sure we'll post pictures in that. Yeah. Uh, and we will be talking, once we did, once we both read each other's books that we bought for each other, we will be uh, discussing what we thought of those. So look for a, uh, a segment on some of those older storylines. Yep. So, oh. Boy, it was it was busy. We we didn't eat all day, basically. We, I'm still tired. We got out and yeah, it, it, it was a rough day. Then I had to drive like five hours home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate. I no, it was, that I, was a great day. I fell asleep on the couch and stayed there pretty much. Uh, you know what? That's that. Don't finish. You know, really, you don't really have to finish that. <laughs> no, yeah, I do. Quite <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, if you have the opportunity to go to the Seattle show next year, I would highly recommend it. Uh, we saw the guys from iFanboy there, kind of met them, said hi. They were really working the whole time. They were, they were doing their stuff. So gotta have the, some respect for that. But it was just cool. Like it felt, you know, Eric and I go to the Portland shows, which are like kind of a flea market. And then we went to Seattle last year, which was cool. But this, like, this felt like my first official Comic Con. Like this was like. Official. I bought my first comic page. Looks like a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, David's got a lot of comic book artwork up on his walls between this year and last year. Now it's it's. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Gonna be like a like a little gallery now. I should charge for admission. But uh, no, I'm ex- those those pages were really good. So um, so if you went to the show and you have pictures, you can also post them in our forums. Um, which are at www.fanboystrikeback.com. That is our website where we uh, post our written review of the week, plus movie trailers, uh, articles that we uh, think are interesting. Uh, and also, you can send us questions at contact at fanboystrikeback.com. If you have questions or comments about the show, uh, we always love to hear from, from our listeners, and uh, we want to thank you very much uh, for listening to the show and supporting us. We really appreciate that. Um, you can also find us on iTunes iTunes, Podcast Alley, any podcatcher out there. Uh, if you like the show, please leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the better off our show will be with this and the searches and all that stuff, so more people will see it. Uh, to those of you who have left reviews, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, we're humbled by the fact that people want to listen to us talk about comics. It's weird. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. It's awesome. Um, and then, like Eric said, head over to the site, come to the forum, um, post your own stuff there. We always want to know what you guys think about our thoughts on things, and more importantly, like, your thoughts, like, stuff that we're not reading, all that. Like, it would be great to see you guys on there. And I'm going to try to sleep for as much as I can, because I am exhausted. <laughs> but I am so looking forward to next year. Yeah, I, I feel like i got a lot of reading to do. I feel like like it's like homework now. Yeah, I know. Like I, I have like fifteen trades. Yeah, it's it, absurd. It, which which makes for a lot to carry around after a long day. <laughs> yeah, I got my workout. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
to tell me that you've seen.